0: I'm Nadia, Dietitian and Certified Intuitive Eating Counselor, and welcome to Good Enough Nutrition, the podcast, a space where we chat all about nutrition and well-being, intuitive eating, body image, and a sprinkle of all things periods and hormones. I'm here to remind you that guilt has no place near our food or bodies, and that you are good enough, as you are always. So let's dig in. Hello legends. Welcome back to Good Enough Nutrition, the podcast. I am so excited to bring you a really fun episode today and it's something that always comes up around this time of year, which is how do I handle Diet culture during the festive season, this is killing me. What do I do in certain scenarios? What do I do when everyone is talking about their diets or their New Year's resolutions or bodies or my bodies? So... (laughs) I asked the lovely Kelsey Waite whether she would come on the podcast for round two for a follow-up conversation where we chat about some of these really difficult topics and what to do at this time of year. So it is a big one. I think we recorded for about an hour, just over an hour, and we could have kept going. It was such a blast. Uh, So if you... and we had so much fun so if you want to for us to get together again and chat about any particular topics that you'd really like to hear about let us know and I will see if we can tear it up for a future episode but I am really excited for you to hear all about diet culture in the festive season a couple of notes before I get into it. We try to be as inclusive as possible in terms of our language and talking about the festive season because I know not everyone celebrates Christmas, um, but we did let a few Christmases slip. <laughs> so just know that however you celebrate this time of year, uh, these things can all apply. It's not exclusive to Christmas. You do you. Uh, Secondly, Kelsey beautifully mentioned uh, and acknowledged that not everyone experiences an abundance of food during this time. And I really want to second that. We were showing our privilege in that conversation. And I just want to send my love to anyone experiencing food scarcity during this time. And then lastly, I also want to send my love to people who feel lonely or disconnected over this period, who may not have family or friends around or may not choose uh, or may, sorry, choose not to be around others or may not actually have anyone full stop and my heart goes out to you I'm sending you love as well with all that said let's get straight into the episode I am excited to hear what you think please feel free to reach out to myself or Kelsey on Instagram so enjoy hello everyone welcome back to good enough nutrition the podcast It is a pleasure to have you here and it is a pleasure to have Kelsey Waite back for another episode. Now, Kelsey was my first interview guest and I've asked her back a second time and I'll probably ask her back a third and a fourth because she (laughs) is such a pleasure to be around. Um, But the reason I've asked her back is that we are both very passionate as i'm sure you heard in the last episode about supporting people navigate diet culture mm-hmm. and anti fat bias and all of those things and If there's one time of the year where diet culture pops up, (laughs) Mm. it is around the festive season. And so we were both chatting the other day about how our clients really need a lot of extra support at this time because it it can be such a tricky thing to navigate. Mm -hmm. And so today we're going to chat all about that topic, cover some of the concerns that people have, some hot topics and some common questions. And hopefully you lovely listeners will find something helpful um, from our conversation today. (laughs) But before we get into it, I will introduce Kelsey again, just in case you didn't get to know her from her last episode. I can't remember what episode number it is, but if you scroll back, (laughs) it won't be too far away. Um, And yeah, so Kelsey is a dietitian, a weight inclusive dietitian, and her company is Nurture Nutrition. She firmly believes that health is so much more than the number on the scale. She is a wonderful resource for her clients on all things ditching diets and improving gut health. And Kelsey is one of those humans that is so bubbly, she lights up a room and is such a pleasure to be around.
1: That is so (laughs) lovely. Thank you for inviting me back. I am very excited to be here and just so honoured that I am here for a second time, sharing some strategies around, yeah, navigating the food police and anti-fat bias and all that awful stuff that really gets noisy this time of year. Yeah,
0: 100%. So shall we dig in? Let's do it. Have a little chit-chat. Yeah. So I wrote down a few common questions or topics that pop up, so I figured maybe we just have a chat about them, see what might be helpful for people. Yeah. And the first one that often comes up that clients will say is, help <laughs> what do I do when everyone around me is talking about diets or making judgmental comments about food and bodies because I think yes that's common uh you know throughout the year but it is kind of ramps up around this time
1: yes so, it is so yeah. charged isn't it and I think we're having a lot more um shared meals and social events and in Australia, we're coming into summer. Our clothes are changing. We're maybe showing a little more skin. And we also have that added pressure of spending more time with family, potentially, and the end of the year. So resolutions, mm-hmm. which wow. are often, oh historically, they're like so weight-focused. Turn on the TV. There are more and more ads for the latest shake or diet or whatever it might be so it's just charged I think going back a few months those diet culture messages are maybe a little bit more sneaky this time of year it's really in your face so you don't want to be I guess avoiding those social situations because there's also so many amazing things that come out of being able to connect with family and friends and share meals and stories and drinks and all that beautiful, fun stuff. But it's important to know how to kind of hold a boundary and what is and isn't okay for you, is and isn't okay for you. I'm stumbling over my words. So I think when it comes to those conversations, what was the question? Was it It was pretty much just
0: like, what do I do? Like if people are talking a lot about these really um, charged, maybe activating topics, diets, bodies, like how do I
1: handle that? What do I do? Yeah, Different situations depending on who you're with, I think. If you're comfortable holding a boundary and speaking up, I think that's a great place to start. And you can do it in a really respectful and compassionate way because I think often these conversations are coming from a place where the person having that conversation or maybe talking about their own body or their own diet is feeling quite insecure. So I know, and I know in myself, I can feel really activated in those situations and just want to shut it down. Just, can we not talk about this? It's, and it, You don't want to shut down that Communication, you know, you want to have this open, fun, lighthearted time with your family and friends. But I understand that in that situation, it can just feel so activating. So there is an option to politely ask, Can we talk about something else? I'd love to know how your holiday was. What are you reading at the moment? Did you wrap up that project at work? What are you planning for the summer break? There's literally a million other questions that you could just divert the topic. Or, and I would recommend practicing this like if you're working with a dietician or a therapist or if you have that safe friend family member person that you can practice this with have a few one-liners around compassion you know i understand this time of year is so tricky for the way we feel about our bodies and food however i really don't find this helpful i've done a lot of work this year around health at every size, intuitive eating, body acceptance, you name it, whatever you've been working on. And that might be enough to leave it at that. Or it might be an opportunity to educate. If that person is interested, oh, what have you been working on? Who have you been working with? That could be an opportunity for you to go, wow, can I tell you more about health at every size? Can I tell you more about this? And there's your in, there's your new conversation and all of a sudden you're educating a group of people on a way that they can move on from diet culture and start caring for their body in a really respectful, health-promoting way. So they would be those kind of two initial approaches I consider, like maybe the shutdown and divert onto a new topic, (laughs) or that really compassionate and curious response. Hey, this is, I get this time of year is tricky, this is what I've been working on. Is that helpful for you? Can I tell you more? So yeah, that's kind of where I would start. I'm curious to know though, Nadia, what would you do in that situation?
0: Yeah, honestly, it's very similar. And I think it it depends what you have capacity for in that moment. Because sometimes we feel like, yeah, we want to, want to educate or get our thoughts across. But if we just don't have capacity for it, yes. oh my gosh, it is so fine to just be like, change the topic you know and you can you can absolutely write down what happened and and plan to bring it up with someone supportive or a therapist or a diabetician or someone later but it is so fine to just be like you know what let's just change the topic let's just like go about this in a way that means that we will divert, and yeah, it might come back up because generally, when people want to talk about diets, they want to talk about diets. <laughs> um, but if if that's all, that's within your capacity in that moment, yeah, absolutely fine. Yeah, it's not necessarily your place to educate. You don't have to educate if yeah. you don't have it within your capacity. Yes. Um, or like the other way is to come up with a few witty comments that you can just that kind of get your point across, but not having to go too vulnerable if you're not feeling comfortable to do that. So depending what the statement that the other person made was, you can just say things like, oh no, I love carbs more for me then. (laughs) Right. Or things like, oh no, I get too irritable if i get too hungry like i yes. i eat when i'm hungry you know you can come up with something you know yes. witty to kind of get the point across without having to kind of explain how you're feeling.
1: totally to the person who's swearing by fasting yeah. <laughs> or keto or low carb or something yeah so, i'm a yeah. much nicer person when i have carbohydrates yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah that's a good one
1: uh, so true I like that yeah
0: so there's distraction there's you know a witty comment or like what you said in terms of the boundaries sometimes I think I think this is you know common to all uh conversations is often people can't argue with your own feelings I mean okay, people will try (laughs) but when Mm -hmm. you're using I statements rather than you statements it's often accepted a lot better Mm -hmm. right rather than you keep making a comment about you Mm -hmm. know this diet it's saying I actually feel really uncomfortable when you talk about that like I know that's I know that's on me it's my stuff I'm working through and I am working through it and Mm -hmm. so I would actually really appreciate it if we didn't chat about that topic right and when they people when people tend to know why you're shutting it down they're often a little bit more compassionate totally about yeah whether they do or don't bring that up um yeah so that's so I think I statements can be really helpful and like Kelsey Mm. said if you you need to practice it like that is so fine like (laughs) it can be really hard to say something really vulnerable just you know, in the moment, particularly when you're activated. So yes. if you actually want to write down what that might sound like.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: 100%, so fine. Yeah. Yes. I don't know, Kelsey, if you have any like statements that are your go to's to uh, setting boundaries or
1: Yes. I I mean, I am a bit of a joker. Yeah. So I do love the like brush it off. No food's bad unless you stole it kind of one liners. But I statements around, I'm not comfortable talking about this. I'm really, you know, that I'm really working on, Mm -hmm. if you're in a place to explain that, I'm really working on my relationship with my body and I approach food in this way and Mm -hmm. I move for enjoyment rather than, depending on what the topic is. If you have capacity to offer up just that one liner of, I'm not comfortable with this and this is why, Mm -hmm. I'm working on XYZ, that's really powerful. And I think the response is often curiosity and compassion and it does open up a beautiful dialogue around, what do you tell me more about what you're doing? There's an alternative to dieting? Because you might be sitting in a room full of people that have never even considered that there's an alternative to dieting. What an interesting conversation to be a part of. And I think that that's, I mean, as dietitians, we froth on that. <laughs> like being able to open up that conversation. So I think uh, there's, I don't know, maybe it is kind of a um, selfish motivator of why I like to use those. I'm not comfortable with that and this is why. Because yeah. it often does lead to a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. But back to what you were saying before, like it is not your job to educate and there are often times when you're sitting with people That just don't get it, like,
0: or they don't want to get it right. They're so set in their their beliefs that, and if and you tend to know those people are from experience, and in that case, like preserving your own energy can be the most helpful thing.
1: Yeah, Yeah. this time of year is hard enough, and I don't know, I think so many of us are those really deep-feeling, compassionate humans and everything that's going on around the world, we're just feeling heavy and it's a lot. And being around, you know, it's not that you're, you know, hiding from anything, but if that's an opportunity for you to look after your own energy by not having to educate and deep dive on something that maybe you are going to get a bit of pushback on, maybe you're not ready for that, fine. Yeah. Avoid.
0: Yeah. Set the boundary,
1: change the topic yeah excuse yourself you've got to go to the loo or go and get some more dessert you do you (laughs) Mm.
0: 100 percent. and sometimes like if 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 there's someone that you think would be open to having conversation or you might need to set boundaries with sometimes it can actually be better to do that before maybe the event or the 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 situation that you know it might happen in like to actually kind of pull someone aside and prior and say hey there's something I'd love to chat to you about yes. do you have a minute because sometimes when we are in the moment where a comment has been said and it's really activating like when yes. we are going to fight or flight it is so hard to collect our thoughts like we flip our lid like right. that script you'd prepared a few days earlier yes. leaves your brain <laughs> so true yeah so actually taking someone aside maybe when you're feeling in a really grounded place and you can actually articulate your experience a lot easier more easily
1: totally that That can be helpful too yeah make the Mm -hmm. phone call yeah 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 I love that I also to that I would add identify your safe people yes who else is going to be at the event or the Christmas lunch or whatever it might be who is safe but that you can maybe word up and Mm -hmm. sit next to or Just, yeah, let them know how you're feeling and where you're at so you can have a bit of a buddy at these events. Mm. Um, Yeah, like you said, it's so activating. And if you're already going into these events and your nervous system is on, those conversations are going to be so much harder to have Mm. and we're going to leave that event feeling pretty deflated and isn't helpful for our relationship with food and body and just our energy moving throughout this really energy zapping time of yeah. the year yeah mm. yeah
0: 100 percent. i think self-care nervous system regulation is also a huge one during mm. this time and like just being able to, you know, step outside for a minute, go yep. for a walk, you know, yep. do whatever. Yeah, connect with someone that you know is really supportive. Do whatever you need to, <laughs> yeah. to to ground and look after yourself. Mm. Take the opportunity to do that. Because one thing that I was going to bring up before, which is kind of related to the topic of self-care, I was actually going to bring in the senses. Uh, because I am big on using the senses and I mean our five senses, you know touch, taste, smell, hearing, and looking.
1: <laughs> that took way too long.
0: <laughs>
1: Do you want to say it again faster? <laughs> we'll speed it up on the- I could not think, as you were saying it, I was like, I know Wait. there's five, but <laughs> all I think about is touch, yeah, taste, and taste,
0: <laughs> <and> Food. <laughs> hilarious just in case I'll say it again and in case I cut that out touch taste smell hearing and looking (laughs) um yeah so the senses because I was actually going to say it before that that can be a really good boundary to set as well it's like because sometimes when you say that you know can we not talk about food people like oh lot. so I can't even say Mm -hmm. that this is Mm -hmm. I can't even appreciate the meal right so sometimes it can be nice to give that kind of framework can we not talk about food unless it's to do with the senses oh this tastes good this looks good that smells amazing right I love that so that can be a nice kind of framework to set within your boundary yes but then the senses themselves are a really wonderful thing to use for grounding you know Um, and I think there are some great practices that we can use in those moments that we need them what do you you think I
1: love that and I think that's such a nice way of talking about food I often use my father-in-law I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying this but he is such a foodie like really appreciates food and good wine and the way he describes food and wine is just it is so mindful and his palate is next level the flavors he can pick out in food is just Wild, but I think that exercise as mindful eating and bringing ourselves out of that, you know, being right up in our head and into our body and really experiencing and enjoying that meal. Mindful eating and engaging the senses is such an it. I mean, I was going to say easy, I don't know if it is easy. (laughs) It's a practice and it's a skill that's really. Um, worth refining, and I think this time of year is such a great time of year to do it because we do have all of these beautiful foods that maybe we don't eat all year long. We are maybe drinking things a little bit different to what we're drinking all year long, and it's such a great time to really slow down and savor and appreciate all of the variety that we get this time of year. What's your thoughts on a yeah, bit of mindful eating during 100%. the silly season?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, love that. Love it to do with like all things food and eating. But also, if you need that moment to ground, you might find that the the table with all the food on it is too overwhelming. Mm. So even just being able to put your feet in the grass, like ground into the into the grass, or uh, go outside and get some fresh air and really smell. The pollen and the hay fever at the start of year. Maybe, maybe not Are that. Are you a hay fever sufferer? <laughs> yes. Are you?
1: <laughs> Take yourself outside, ground and sneeze.
0: <laughs> Let those eyes water. Feel the tears run down your face. No.
1: <laughs> that will distract you from the anger you're feeling towards Uncle Gary, who's talking about his diet. <laughs> But I do love that. I think that engaging the senses, um, yeah, not just in the food sense, mm. um, taking yourself out of that room in that situation and away from whatever might be activating you and using, yeah, this time of year is so beautiful weather-wise, So like getting mm. out and feeling the sun on your skin or, yeah, the pollen up your nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and so I I was just looking at the next kind of question or topic that comes up and it's actually I would say a lot of the things we've said are probably helpful for that too because the next question that we often get is what if someone comments on my body you know Mm. so far we've covered when people comment on maybe their own bodies or bodies in general or maybe Mm. food but what if someone comments on my body and that can be a really hard thing because, to be honest, a lot of the people I see have grown up in households where people have not felt comfortable in their own body and mm-hmm. that's kind of been internalized or transferred on to, to say, my client, you know. Without their consent, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so often if if they are spending time around their family or maybe if it's e- maybe it's even the in-laws that make comments, yeah, there is a higher likelihood that somebody is going to make a comment, yes. especially if your body's changed, like maybe because you've been caring it for it yes. more. So is there any, like all the boundary setting and all that, taking care of yourself, all that stuff applies, but is there anything else you would like to add?
1: Yes. I like, I I mean, boundary setting big time, but that can be a hard skill to practice in itself. Um, Something I like to offer that can be a bit more gentle and a little easier for some people to, I don't know, for it to just to come to the tip of their tongue and kind of, it doesn't feel as as boundary setting feels for people that haven't set boundaries before <laughs> I suppose and it is just a comment that yeah bodies change they're meant to mm. just that gentle comment of yeah my body has changed and that's a very normal thing mm. and I it's I feel that some people feel quite comfortable using that I'm I'm <laughs> I'm hoping I'm not generalizing and that I haven't got clients leaving and going, I'm never saying that to someone. (laughs) (laughs) But it's something we often discuss because we've been sitting in a consult talking about how it's very normal for bodies to change and, in fact, they are meant to. We're kind of sold this lie that for women our bodies are meant to look like they did when we were 16 years old forever and ever and ever or before we had children or whatever – But we've just lived through a time of an unprecedented time, dare I say, with COVID. And a very normal response to that level of stress is for our bodies to gain some weight, right, to protect us. And if you're someone in eating disorder recovery, that might be very normal and necessary for your body. And if you are just a human being going through life, It's very normal and potentially very necessary for your body to change and be looking different to how Nana saw it a year or whatever ago. So if that feels supportive for you, potentially using just that simple statement of, yeah, it's normal for bodies to change might be something that feels accessible for you to try out as well Mm. what would you try yeah
0: I think that's really helpful too because it's a fact that's pretty undisputable yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and leaving it at that and then maybe following it up with changing the topic or or leaving the room or heading into another conversation yeah um uh, the one statement I really like and you know, you may use it in that conversation or you may not, or you might just subtly put signs all over your household that say, <laughs> my body, my business, your body, your business. So like, and you might say it in the way that, hey, I don't comment on your body. I'd actually appreciate if you didn't comment on mine. And I get that. That's really scary. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's a big boundary to set. Um, But that's a a statement that I really like and like it's a great one to teach kids and I think kids cotton on to that really well. So we're just like big kids. I think it's a great one for everyone to learn if I'm (laughs) honest so true
1: teach it to the kiddos teach it to yourself apply it to your plate as well yeah what's on your plate is your business what's on my plate is my business yeah that's a really great
0: one (laughs) and then the last thing I'd add to that is I think Kelsey before chatted about having a support network at the event maybe a friend or a family member that you know that you can uh, lean on in Mm. times of need if if, if you don't have someone, because sometimes you might not, I actually even think about um, really helpful like podcasts as, or yes. social media accounts as also possibly being a support network that you can set up. Yes. So, for instance, you might, I mean, everyone know this, knows this already that I love Sonia Renee Taylor oh. so you might just kind of download her episode with Brené Brown and you know yes. have that ready to go if you need it so if somebody does make a comment mm-hmm. and you want to just get outside and go for a quick walk mm. to kind of help yourself regulate then putting on a podcast that reinforces that your body's not wrong it never was
1: totally. it, they
0: were out of line for making a comment and um yeah just feel like you've with someone you're not alone like it is something that people go through and
1: yeah such a good strategy I was just looking at William Hornsby I think his name is I hope I've said his name right I'm gonna check that and let you know he is um he's on Instagram and is in eating disorder recovery and does these great um, back and forward conversations. He just did one around walking into Christmas and someone says, oh, um, so things have changed with you, like alluding to his body change. And, it, you know, it kind of goes back and forth and him being like, yeah, like the very natural changes that my body had to go through in order to survive an eating disorder. And he just gives these very realistic scenarios and says them, delivers them in such a nice way. He's a great Instagram account to follow. Mm. Let's um,
0: compile some of our favorite accounts and pop them in the show notes. So everyone can have that little (laughs) support system that they can follow during this
1: time. Yes. I love that idea.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Well, the next question I wrote down, Oh, this is a good one. You ready? Bring it on. So, the the comment or the question that often comes up is I feel like I have to restrict my eating in the lead up to Christmas or the festive season or the event whatever the celebration to make up for all the food I'll be eating on that day or during that week I feel like I need to restrict so I can
1: eat oh it's so hard and I get why people feel that way however What is going to happen if we restrict, Nadia? What is guaranteed to happen?
0: It can be either a bit of a pendulum, right? So it can be a bit of when we restrict, we end up feeling so out of control (laughs) at the other end. Or it can be a downward spiral sometimes into, you know, rigidity and losing all that progress that hopefully... our listeners have made or people that are on that journey have made so it can go both ways yes it's
1: so hard to feel normal around food when we've been trying to Mm -hmm. be so strict or to restrict and be um when we've been under eating I mean our Mm -hmm. body knows and it's a very natural response to want to get in there and fuel up right Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Heading into these events, it's important to continue with regularity, eating enough, getting a lot of variety in instead of turning up to something that maybe you're already feeling a little bit anxious about and then adding feeling really hungry on top of (laughs) that. it's potentially going to be a recipe for disaster around food. So trying to just continue with your regular meals and your normal way of eating um, and potentially coming back to some of that work around food beliefs and the way we talk about food and that good versus bad narrative it's normal that we have variety this time of year and there are foods that we more so eat during special events and what a great time to enjoy them. Um, Yeah. But I think coming back into those everyday routines and making sure we're well nourished every single day and allowing ourselves to, I guess, I was going to say the word indulge. I don't really know if that's the right word to use. So like it's just embrace and enjoy and, find the fun in food throughout this time of year because there's so much of it to be had Mm. yeah
0: 100% and I think yeah like it is it's so normal to eat more variety or different foods or more than usual to feel too full and I think yeah like you said when we restrict in the lead up it's more likely that we will often feel out of control during Mm. those times and so if we can keep to some kind of routine you know that regular eating prior because let's face it your body doesn't know that an event is coming up it has no idea (laughs) if you restrict it now it's like whoa 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 there's a famine (laughs) (laughs) oh no 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 (laughs) no so it doesn't know the difference um and so it will just end up yeah trying to kind of it does all the things that it will normally do because it just does not know the reason that you're restricting, so it's going to downregulate your metabolism. Mm. It's going to make you think about food more because it's like, well, if we're in a famine, surely it'll help if I think about food more because it'll help me go find food. Yes. <laughs> and so by the time the event or Christmas or whatever it is rolls around yeah. you're probably going to be feeling a little bit more out of control totally. around food. So yes. I know it's scary and I know it's hard, but I promise that having your routine and regular eating in the lead up is going to be so helpful mm. on the day. And if you do, you know, feel out of control or if you do eat beyond fullness, that's actually really, really normal. Yes. And, you know, it. It really is. Totally. It's actually
1: okay. And then that day after, you know, you've had that, um, yeah, eating past that point of comfortable fullness or feeling what I, I, don't know how you describe it, Nadia, but when you're doing like hunger fullness, um, across the spectrum with people, do you often describe a ten as like Christmas Day full, like <laughs> <laughs> that stuffed feeling? And if you do have a day where you get to Christmas Day full, which happens, it's totally normal then coming back to regularity, eating enough, trying to avoid dipping back into the restriction and the guilt and beating yourself up. Hold compassion for yourself. That body still needs to be nourished and nourished regularly. There's nothing bad or wrong about eating to Christmas Day full. It happens.
0: Yeah, and it happens more than once a year. Let me tell you, you know. (laughs) Happens way more than once a year. But that's a really good point that you bring up is that often after the event then people also feel like they need to restrict. So how would you support someone who knows that they'll probably be eating more or different foods than normal on that day? How do you – and if they feel uncomfortable after that or feel that guilt or shame – what do you suggest people can
1: do to look
0: after yes, themselves?
1: Yes. Oh, gosh. And it is about holding so much compassion for ourselves and knowing that this body needs fueling consistently. And I think kind of separating the food and worth thing. You know, if we um, eat more than maybe we felt we quote-unquote should had that um, Christmas Day eating experience. It doesn't change the person that we are. It doesn't make us bad or um, less than or any of those thoughts that might come up. So I think kind of recognizing those thoughts and doing what you need to do for self-care. What can you do to ground and take care of yourself in that day after or later that day or whenever this is all coming up to really take care of yourself? And as tempting as it might be, try to avoid restricting Mm -hmm. that'll just feed into that cycle that maybe binge restrict cycle or that disordered eating cycle so approaching it with that very rational mind of okay this happened let's move on let's just Mm -hmm. move on
0: yeah i always say that you know Sure, you might have like an ideal of how Christmas goes and I really hope for you that that's exactly how it goes. Christmas or, you know, other events. I don't want to be exclusive to people no. that celebrate other celebrate events. Christmas. Yes. Christmas or other events. And you might have an idea of how you want to go. Amazing. I really hope it does for you. And if we think about it, like for a lot of people I see, they have been dealing with this on during these, this festive time for so many years so if it doesn't go perfectly that's okay right it's you know next year is another opportunity Mm -hmm. and we're human and you know there's a lot of tough things around this time so if it doesn't go how you want it to go that's okay that's okay yeah like you said you're still worthy (laughs) it doesn't say anything about you as a person you're human did your best (laughs) and yeah and that's a really wonderful opportunity to reflect on okay cool Let's, what would I do differently next year? Hmm. Yeah. Yes.
1: It's all feedback, isn't it? It's all feedback. How did it go? What went well? What, did, what didn't? What? It's all just data collection in a way. Yeah.
0: And don't pressure yourself to do that data collection until you are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe True, a week yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe when you have the
1: capacity. <laughs> Reflect on a later date. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the family has gone home. Yeah. You have a moment to decompress. <laughs> yeah. Totally.
0: What about some people that I see really struggle with the buffet style of eating, right? Because mm. normally, often for a lot of people, you know, we have a meal, we serve it up, we sit down and we eat the one, maybe plate of food, maybe seconds, whatever. But it's not usually like a buffet style. Yeah, Yeah, amazing. And that can be really overwhelming, especially if there are – Uh, Like lots of different dishes or foods that you haven't eaten before. Yes. Yeah. What What are your tips around
1: managing buffet style?
0: Yes,
1: which can be so exciting. All that delicious food there to try. Um, try what you want to try. I think it's you're not actually potentially going to like it all. So get curious. You want that look good? Okay, put it on your plate. Have a mouthful. Don't like it? You don't need to eat it. So slow down if you have the opportunity to. It's hard when we're sitting there chit-chatting, but engage those senses. Like Nadia mentioned before, how does it smell? How does it look? If I'm guessing it looks good, you've put it on your plate. So when you get back to your seat and you're taking that bite, really smell, see, taste, how does it, what's the texture like in your mouth? Are you enjoying it? Great. You've made a great choice. Go for it it's not really your thing. That's okay too. You're not going to offend anyone by not eating what's on your plate. And guess what? That buffet style eating, you can go back for more. You can go back and try something else. It's your plate. It's your business and it's your body. What feels right for you? Um, And going back for seconds, totally normal, right? Any time of year, but especially this time of year. So you've Got extra things coming out across the day. What feel what looks good to you right now? And that's something I'll often talk about with people like, just ask yourself that little question. What looks good to me right now? And does it feel right? You know, am I wanting this or am I feeling kind of that chock a block, not sure if I'm quite ready for it? Maybe can go back for it later. There's always leftovers. Oh my god, the food waste this time of year is a totally other topic that like there's always leftovers right (laughs) I think and that's potentially a really privileged thing to say actually because there are people that are experiencing food insecurity and maybe that isn't the case um during the holidays but speaking to those people where often there is a lot of food there you can go back if you're not feeling it right that second honor that right just because Nana's kind of putting it under your nose. It's okay to say, I'm not feeling that right now, but I'll go back for some later or have a little bite and then go back if you want more. There's no rules here. You are allowed to hit pause, check in with your body before you make that decision or have that bite and then go, "Mm, that's amazing. I want more of that. Awesome. Have more of that. Not really vibing it. Okay. You're not offending anyone by leaving it. How would you approach it?
0: Yeah, I think I truly I think that it comes down to that. It's so individual, mm. um, because I've definitely uh, been in sessions with other dietitians with people with eating disorders in the past, mm. where they give some really great tips. So things like, if you want, like rather than kind of hovering around the table and feeling like you're picking at things, it is okay to fill your plate, sit down, eat, and then decide. What do I want? What do I do want, want more, of? more Do I want to go back for more without judgment? And I do, I absolutely think that can be a good option, particularly if like standing around the table can get really overwhelming. Mm. So fill your plate with as much food as you want for that sitting. So yeah. that can be helpful. And the more I think about it, it's actually really individual because I might see some clients that cannot stand two different foods on their plate beside each other because they might have some like sensory sensitivities that they're dealing with. And so So in that case, exactly what you said in terms of checking in, what's my hierarchy of what sounds good Mm -hmm. to me right Mm -hmm. now? And it's actually really fun. I've been doing a few hypnotherapy sessions with clients recently, and we've actually been doing a couple on like making food choices. So actually just being able to close your eyes and go inside and picture, what if I were to eat this food? How does that taste? How does that feel in my tummy? (sighs) And go right through the motion. And then, okay, well, what if it would feel like if I eat this one and going through the motion? And- By and large, people come out and they're like, I want that one. That's the one that sounds good without any, you know, pressure to not have the other one, right? But if you're really overwhelmed and unsure, going inside and experiencing what it might feel like can give you so much clarity. And so to your point of slowing down, I think that's such a big thing. That's so
1: interesting. Even if you need
0: to just like scan the table, And then be like, okay, I've seen what's there. Let me just go to the toilet. (laughs) And while I'm there, I'll just take a moment to think think about about what I want. And then come back and you're like, yep, I'm starting with this.
1: (laughs) This is what's at the top of my list. That's so interesting, Nadia, the clarity people are Mm -hmm. getting around yeah, those choices because it's overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. Yes. Oh, my gosh.
0: So overwhelming.
1: Yes. Yeah. And to add, you know, that sensory overload. Yeah. Oh, yep. wow. Yes, such a good point. Yeah. Slow down, tune in, get a bit of clarity before you start, yeah, scooping on to your plate what you what you think might feel right for you at the time. Yeah, yeah. love that. Yep
0: slowing down (laughs) um perfect and then let me have a look so oh this one's an interesting one so I what if so what so we've been kind of talking about you know perhaps like a single day like Christmas for Mm. instance but I think sometimes people get really stressed about like the lead up where they might have you know two events a week for Mm -hmm. the four weeks heading up you've got you know work parties and you know family events and friendship events and other social things uh and some people might say like i i'm eating out or drinking out more than i want to during Mm. this time Mm
1: -hmm. what do i do Yeah. yeah because there's several ways you can yeah. kind of approach this I think because sometimes it is like okay to say no like mm. if you don't want to go you don't have to go potentially I know potentially that's not an option for some people as well and potentially they want to go but yeah. the food and then the drink and that's the whole issue so there's always that option to say no if you're feeling burnt out, tired, just the end of the year is hard enough as it is. And whatever you need to do to take the best care of yourself is important to prioritize that where you can. If, uh, should we talk about the drinking? Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because I know that's a, there's so much pressure around yeah. drinking this time of year. And I think that's an interesting one because it can be a way to celebrate and maybe loosen up a little, but it can also (laughs) lead to some pretty shitty communication and potentially some anxiety. And if that is what's going to help you or not doing that, if not drinking is what's going to help you to take care of yourself or reducing your drinking, maybe it's a once a week thing when you're having a drink or two that's potentially a really important boundary for you to hold Mm. I'm here like I think it's more common now
0: that people are making the decision not to Mm. drink and sometimes there can be a fear about people judging them Yes. Yeah, yeah, or, or being worried that people will think I'm boring if I don't drink. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can't help but think, like, it's not 2005 anymore uh. when that was just, like, there was so much pressure around alcohol. Like, I really hope that most people... It's, it's the same as my body, my business, your yeah. body, your business. right? My cup, my yeah. business. <laughs> I really hope that people wouldn't judge or make comments about no, someone anyone. if they're not drinking. And I think I what I would say is like if you think about how you would respond to someone else if they said they don't want to drink mm. and you you kind of think about, okay, what would that look like or sound like, how I would act and what I would think or feel – if the person isn't if someone isn't responding to you in a similar way so if they if you are getting judgments or comments or mm. people think saying negative yeah. things then that's like you can be certain in the fact that oh okay well i'm definitely not in the wrong here like it's not it, this isn't totally. on me it's not about me mm-hmm. this is
1: yeah their the, shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so
0: Absolutely. that's at least how i think about it like
1: totally and that's a really good like measuring stick or what? What a yardstick! What do people say?
0: Yeah, yardstick, <laughs> measuring stick. Both. Measure, it's a really.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna rephrase that. That's a really good way to measure. Are these the people I want to be spending my time with? Yeah. Alright. Are they yeah. respecting my decisions to take care of myself? Do you feel like the younger generation are really good at this, whereas like our generation and older mm. that? Like, almost need to drink the social lubricant of our, you know. Oh, uh, oh.
0: <laughs> oh it's speaking to me when I was 19, 20, like, oh. that's exactly how I felt is that yes. I felt like I needed it to be social. Yes.
1: Mm. Oh my gosh. Same here. And now I feel like I'm in a time where I don't feel good when I drink. I love a glass of wine with dinner. Like, I love the. The flavor and matching it with the food and that whole sensory experience, mm-hmm. but drinking now the way I did when I was twenty, I feel anxious. Just like no, I'm <laughs> just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, I don't like feeling dehydrated. I don't like feeling anxious. I just it terrifies me, mm-hmm. and I like feeling healthy and that my brain isn't foggy and yeah but I still feel that pressure at times Mm. it's so normalized in I think our generation there and like looking at older generations it's just so normal to drink Mm. I think it's yeah it's so personal practicing boundaries though, Yeah. <sighs> it gets easier. It does get easier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think I think it comes back to that point of like going inside because that's what I would say with the eating out one as well. Mm. I would say I would look at the why behind why you're stressing about going out so often. Like th- there is a distinct difference between fear and anxiety versus what feels aligned or intuitive Mm. for me and it's almost like you have to figure out what's that difference for you to help you make that decision so it's like is there some activation and fear and anxiety coming up about going out so often Mm. and if there is what's that about because sometimes it is about the calories or someone else or not preparing the food, or kind of the health, or something, and that's where I would dig a little bit deeper as totally. to whether that's actually helpful. Is this around
1: food rules? Yeah, is it this, food rules. Yeah. yeah, or are you just really burnt out? And you need a night yeah. in, and
0: and that's yeah. where going inside. Yes. Or is this really yeah aligned? Is it, aligned? Is it because I actually would just like to eat at home tonight Uh, and it's not about whether it's you know takeaways or not it's about what feels
1: right for me that values check yeah am I just trying to be a bit more economical and smart with my money at a time of the year when it's like (laughs) yes yeah or is this an opportunity to connect and I'm really needing that connection and want to take this opportunity to fill up my cup but Mm -hmm. yeah it's a bit of a a values check Mm. moment isn't it
0: and I think like I don't know if they, If you know a difference of, yeah, fear or anxiety or, you know, aligned choices. Mm-hmm. Do you notice a difference of how they feel in your body? It's the gut. how you know the difference is the gut.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is the gut for sure. It's always the gut with it's you, isn't always it? always <laughs> the gut with me. Yeah. If I'm too in my head yeah. and they often, I'm having thoughts around should. If I'm up in my head, I should, I should, I should. But if I'm to pause and ground and get into my body and listen to my gut, it's like this is an opportunity to and maybe for me it's could be around connection or maybe it's an opportunity for some fun because things are being busy or not overly fun or what that values alignment yeah and I'll feel it in my gut and it'll feel lighter it'll feel yeah it feels aligned in my body yeah. whereas if I'm up in my head and it's the should statements I'm going you Potentially making a decision that isn't the right thing for you right now mm. because you're running chasing that rabbit down the rabbit hole with anxiety and the shoulds. Yeah, it's the shoulds. The shoulds. Come up. Mm.
0: Yeah, great. No, that's a really good explanation. You? Definitely, um yeah, definitely up. With when it's anxiety or fear driven, it's definitely there's a lot kind of more panicky or more, more like urgent energy to it and it's chest Pop tightness high, yes and definitely hid like looping thoughts yep and that's when I can know oh, okay this is being driven by fear
1: mm-hmm. whereas
0: if it's more of a lined action similarly it's it's really grounded like yeah. I can there's not that urgency there's no rush yeah and I think I always like because I spoke about this on an episode when I first started doing the podcast, hmm. which is about that all or nothing thinking. Yes. And I think that also comes into it. And we can try on a few different options for size and see how our body feels. So it's like, do I want to go out to the event and eat, you know, a full meal with everyone else or whatever? Yep. Or do I want to stay home and eat at home? Hmm. Okay. There's the two options and those are usually the only two we think of. But then you can just bring in, there are other options as well, right? Do I want to have a snack at home, go out, order something smaller? Or do I want to go and not drink but eat? Mm -hmm. Or do I want to... You know, maybe organize the catch up with the person that I really did want to connect with at yes. that event, but it's going to be so loud there anyway. So I'll organize a catch up separately and stay home and eat. So it's like there are so many options when you think yeah. about it. And when you just kind of rush and roulette through them, you will often know in your body which one feels the most aligned because sometimes, yes. sometimes neither of the two options you've given yourself feel aligned. And that's why. Having such a hard time figuring out what to do.
1: I love that. So often the easiest thing we'll come up with is that all or nothing. Yeah. But if you give yourself – and would you journal it out or would you encourage your clients to kind of journal it out? Like the nuanced options and – Yeah, I find people process
0: differently. So yes. you might need to talk it out with a friend verbally. Yeah. You might need to do yourself a little voice memo. You might yes. need to, yeah, journal it out, write it out. Or you might need to go for a walk and process with some movement. So yeah. it depends like what kind of learner you are. Like are you visual, yes. kinesthetic, you know? uh uh-huh. um, Oral. 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 oral, 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 What's the ear Audio. one? Oral? Audio
1: is. That... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we're really not good at senses <laughs> or oh, whatever that's this called. This is our second fail at senses. We need to go to kinder. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Do you need to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> I think I need to hear it, see it, right? I need all of it. Yes. <laughs> Let me process
0: through them all. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such. Yeah, and then kind of feel. Yeah, okay. So that would be your next part is, um, going through those options and feeling what feels aligned. Yeah. 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 Wow, that? yeah. Can I pinch that? to my clients and myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: Alrighty, and then one last question, which I'm excited to get to because you actually mentioned this a little bit earlier. New Year's resolutions. So people might say, okay, everyone around me is setting these big health and fitness goals. I don't know that that's what I want to do anymore because I've done it before and it never turns out how I want it to. But I do want to work towards better health, or whatever that means for that person, Mm. right? But I don't want to fall into the trap of all or nothing, okay? And I'm feeling really kind of like pulled in both directions.
1: What do I do? Uh, what do I do? It's so hard. It's everywhere. Bombarding us. It's like, yeah. It's where the shoulds
0: come in, isn't it?
1: It's the (laughs) shoulds. I should be setting a New Year's resolution around – weight loss, Mm. or I should be exercising X many times. Mm. But then
0: there's going to be a part of us that's like, actually, I really want to work on this for me, for my well-being, for how I feel, how I show up in the world, right? So it can be really – you can feel really stuck.
1: It is so polarizing being pulled in those different directions, but isn't that a great moment for feedback and checking in and hitting pause and going, okay, what is this? Why is – Movement, for example, something I'm, you know, if you're sitting in that and you're like, it is the movement, but you've got that knowledge there that I don't want to fall into a diet culture version of movement. I'm not signing up to this six-week boot camp where they're going to weigh me every week and all that stuff that's just so icky and triggering. So movement and the why and the understanding, okay, if, say fitness is it, maybe it's a core value can we set some intention around that that feels more aligned to you and what else like bulk out the meaning why is this meaningful is it around mental health is there something long-term that you're working towards is it that you just love how good your back feels when you get to pilates once or twice a week Thinking about bulking out those reasons why that have absolutely nothing to do with changing your body, because they're there. You know, these are promoting your health and well-being. Things like exercise or movement, and maybe it is around um, that relationship with food. Maybe it's sleep quality. Maybe it is around. Um, maybe it's around meditation, yoga practice. There's so many health promoting benefits that come out of these activities that have literally zero to do with changing our body. Explore that. Explore that side of things. I think that's an opportunity to go, why is this really important and find the meaning in it? Mm-hmm. How would you what or what would you encourage people to explore if they stuck it's
0: in so, that place? It's <laughs> so funny, honestly, like for our whole degree for our whole study and for like the first part of our careers we have smart goals drilled into us don't <laughs> we specific measurable yes. achievable realistic and timed, time bound so like smart goals that you're really specific and to be honest I can't stand them oh. I can't like they might work for some people but I feel like when we're setting such specific goals we're setting ourselves up for like failure. It's really black and white because we are humans. We're not robots. Mm-mm. We're not consistent and nor should we have to be. Like I don't want someone to feel that they have to go to the gym because they told themselves they'd go three times a week because <laughs> it was part of their resolution when they are sleep deprived. Like that's yes. not healthy for anyone.
1: But my smart goal had to be time bound.
0: <laughs> 100%. And so I much prefer and you, the word, and you said it before, is in intentions Mm. so you're setting an intention based on yeah your values and what you want out of it and it I prefer if it's not really structured personally yeah um but like you said looking at the why behind it why do I actually want this and actually Probably once you get to that core of what it is that you want, whether it is, um, you know, the way you feel or the mobility, Mm. maybe it's mobility so you can play with your grandkids, right? So like finding that reason why and actually giving yourself more options for you to be able to Mm. achieve that goal, right? So because yeah, the gym or Pilates can absolutely be one way that that works, Give yourself a few other goals because – oh, sorry, not goals, but a few other alternative ways to get there. Like maybe gardening falls into that as well. 100%. Um, Maybe doing some sit-to-stands like (laughs) just in your lounge (laughs) might fall into that too. And I think, I mean, the most important thing is finding what you enjoy and therefore is sustainable, but giving yourself – choices of ways that help you to achieve the outcome that you want because the outcome it's never like it isn't usually the the most Mm. obvious thing Right. Totally. If someone says, I want to improve my fitness, right? It's like, okay, wh- and why? 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 <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Look behind the curtain. Um, and then give yourself multiple ways that you can get there. And yep. then try them on like shoes, see what fits. Yes. Um, toss away Russian those, like, roulette the Russian out the yeah. uh,
1: alternatives, the, yeah. the nuance to it yeah. all. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, smart goals. Oh, Throw them in the bin
0: I, uh, yeah. I spent too many years. <laughs>
1: yes,
0: learning about them.
1: I remember with um Russ Harris the acceptance yes. of commitment therapy training, he changes it to I think it's specific measurable oh, I'm not going to be able to remember it. He changed a oh, meaningful not measurable. Oh. He changes it slightly cuz before you move into SMART goals You've done the work around your values. Yes. So they're values-based yes. smart goals. I still feel a bit, yet, yeah, I don't love smart goals mm. and they're not. How is this life enhancing for you? Like mm. what is the reason? Like you said before, mm. why? Why, why, why? Mm. How is this improving your life in some way? Mm. Because is the six-week challenge that's going to be over and done with and – you may be starting the year feeling absolutely spent because you've just spent six weeks smashing yourself instead of maybe listening to what your body needed at the start of the year. Like, Is that really a life-enhancing thing? How is this improving your well-being, your movement, mobility, fitness, whatever it was that you're working on? Is this really supporting the intention you set around that long-term? Is it sustainable? I think we're very similar in that, if it's not something that's sustainable, we probably don't really want it. Um, so yeah, checking in and going—is this serving me long term?
0: And I think that check-in is the most important. Like short, like you can absolutely set an intention. How you can set a smart goal, <laughs> like you yeah, do you if right? That's your
1: thing. Yeah. And
0: come back and go. Okay, like maybe set yourself a little a little um, yeah. diary notification to check in every yes. week or two to be like,
1: okay, how mm. is this going?
0: If there's like judgment or shame or guilt coming up in mm. relation to that goal, yeah. That's, yeah, that is a sign that a it's not the most supportive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And there could be more supportive, compassionate ways of going about it.
1: Yeah. Do you set a New Year's intention or are you not that kind of person? I'm a little bit
0: woo-woo in the way that I've been getting more into manifestation. Tell me more, <laughs> if you're comfortable too. Yeah. yeah, well, and I guess like it's not so far removed from intentions or yeah. anything like that. Um, and it's not, I guess I do it all year, so it's not necessarily just around this time of year, but... I do have on my to-do list to record a little intention-setting hypnosis for everyone to put on the podcast. To actually just go inside and figure out what what it is that we're looking for in the in the new year. You oh, because I think it is I such a beautiful this. time of year. There's so much, yes. you know, hope. Uh-huh. And I think we do. Sometimes I think we don't. Spend enough time focusing. I mean, everyone's different. Some Mm -hmm. people spend too much time dwelling on the past or too much time focusing Mm -hmm. on the future. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes when we focus on the future, we do it in a way that's we're worrying about it. There's a lot of anxiety about it. And I don't think we spend enough time actually kind of Dreaming up yes. what is what feels aligned for us, mm-hmm. and then that can set the wheels in motion for what we want to happen. I love like that. So I'm a little bit woo woo in that way, but I, yeah, I my plan is to record a little hypnosis.
1: Oh, I love this. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to listen to that. I like to have a word, and I like to let the oh, word kind of come that. to me. Yes. Yeah. Mind you, and I just like to try to come back to the word like. This year was fun, and I feel like I didn't have a lot of fun this year. <laughs> I had fun probably like two
0: years ago, and what, I was like, you? "That didn't work."
1: <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Okay, so you like to have a word as well? I
0: haven't recent years, but okay. I do. But yeah, have you had a word come through for so next year? Not yet, yet.
1: Okay. and it's been playing on my mind because usually something comes through, like a few years back. It was like strength, and that was around like. Um, there was a few things I was really wanting to let go of and moving into my business a few years ago, I'm like that strength, that determination really kind of go get 'em tiger attitude. I was like, I would come back to that word. I'm like, no, come on, you've got this, you are strong girl. Come on. I love
0: that. Yes. And did you find you did come back to it? Like yes. you used it throughout the year. Yes. Okay, that's awesome. I think I'm just not like a I don't come back to them. I said a word and then, <laughs> same with my values. Like I love doing the values exercise, but then I just don't come back
1: to them. <laughs> oh. Okay. So I think everyone's different. Everyone's but different. I
0: love that for you. Yeah. yeah.
1: It works for me, but everyone's different. I think I would be a lot like Ted Lasso. Did you watch Ted Lasso? For a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> He's all about believe. I'm like, yes. I love that it. Word. There's a word and the whole team really got around believing in themselves and
0: oh well you'll have to come back to us and let us know what your word is I will when it comes through Yeah, when it comes to you I Hmm. love that yeah with kind of like the manifestation practice that I do there's a little there is something quite similar so they call it an authentic code and you kind of set your four words that uh, are aligned for you mm. similar to values I find I did it and didn't use it but more recently <laughs> <laughs> more recently I've been thinking about it more in an energetic sense yeah. um, and that's actually been really helpful so yeah I feel like if you can mm. make it your own yes and figure out what works for you
1: for me it's kind of thinking about it is energy I'm actually yeah. wondering if something around sustainability is going to be My focus word for next year in terms of like paying attention to my body and my business and everything else going on in my life and setting things up in a way that's most sustainable for me long term because I'm paying a lot more attention to, you know, if I'm just booking out my diary for four weeks you know for every week of the month but my body has these times you know with my cycle and I'm like I just don't want to talk to people today or you have that week and you're like I want to talk to everyone constantly book (laughs) me up book me up I'll chat all day every day this is my week when I can go hard and if I'm going to set my business up in a way that's most sustainable I think I need to start kind of planning ahead and going this is probably the week where I can open up some more appointments to people or this is the week where I need to be not overbooking myself. I know that's just one example, but I do, I'm do. i thinking long-term about these things of how I can set up a business and a life that is, is supporting my emotional well-being and my relationships and everything else in a way that's really sustainable and really aligned. So I wonder if I'm going to mm. boil it down to something that fits into all that word vomit I've just thrown your way.
0: Oh. <laughs> this is I'm taking sure, a, um, yeah, a I'm sure the listeners are loving hearing this in real time, right? Like things are coming through as we're talking.
1: <laughs> so thank you for my session, Nadia. Send me a bill.
0: <laughs> no, I love that. You will have to update us because I think yes. like, I don't know, I find with podcasts it, they're just – I've, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to start one because you actually get to hear what people are going through yes. maybe in real time maybe four weeks later when I actually get around to editing yeah. and putting it out but you feel so much more connected to the people that you're listening to and yep. and vice versa as well yeah. like to the people that are listening and so I think I hope that the people listening will find that helpful hearing (laughs) how things play out in real time pretend
1: you never heard anything (laughs) if that wasn't helpful (laughs) okay maybe we should wrap it up there (laughs) thank you for listening thank you for having me nadia i appreciate you so much
0: thank you for sharing your energy and your presence with us i love it and if you lovely listeners enjoyed having Kelsey on the podcast, please reach out to her and send her some love. Can you please remind us where they can
1: find you? Yes. I am at nurture.nutrition on Instagram and my website is (laughs) nurture-nutrition.com.au. Love that. Thanks for listening
0: thank you so much for listening to good enough nutrition if you have thoughts or questions from today's episode hit me up over on my instagram at nadiamaxon nutrition if you have a moment to rate or review the podcast that would be amazing or share that you're listening on your stories and tag me i absolutely love to see it as always remember that guilt has no place near our food or bodies and you are good enough as you are always